0: Entrepreneur Deborah Meaden joins us on the How To Be 60 podcast this week and she has no time for people who are negative about ageing.
1: Do you know one of my least favourite phrases and it drives me absolutely bananas is when people say women of a certain age. But women of a certain age, how blinking patronising is that? I'm 63 and what's wrong with that?
0: I need to take a leaf out of her book. i how to be 60, it's scary. Me. Welcome and bienvenue and welcome to another How To Be 60 podcast with me, Kay Adams, and her, uh, Karen McKenzie. I've gone all lovey-dovey now that I'm on Strictly. Uh, Karen, have you noticed that? I'll be getting a kiss when I see you next. Uh, no, I'm not on that lovey-dovey. Okay, ear kiss. <laughs> Can I apologise for any noises off? I am actually in a training room, darling. I never thought in all my blooming 59 years I would say that I was in a dance studio training. It's it just so bizarre for me. Oh, my and goodness. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and you've been swanning off on another holiday. Where was it this time? Oh, Valencia.
2: Apparently, that's how you say it. Valencia. Yeah, Valencia. It was fun, flaming fantastic. It was great. And
0: were, were we in our camper van?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I didn't take it over this. No, I was just away for a week. It took me a week to drive there, I think. No, just uh, me and Caroline, my PT. Oh God, yeah. This is Caroline, my my PT. And actually came Wednesday, halfway through the week. She said, right hen, get up. We're doing some exercises in the morning because I had eaten quite a lot of bread, drunk quite a lot of wine. So God. And in that heat, we were doing our exercises. But yeah, no, it was good.
0: I can't believe that you've actually started to travel with a personal trainer. You're beginning to sound like Elton John.
2: Uh, Yes, I know. You're not the only lovey here, darling. But you know what I did before I
0: went? Go on, go on. Cut my
2: flaming fringe myself. sort of wasn't really prepared. I know, shit. Why
0: did you use serrated scissors?
2: Actually, serrated (laughs) scissors would have been a good one. You know the way that when you go to the hairdressers, they sort of cut into the fringe? Only I suppose I cut too much across and then my eyebrows became I, I look like a five-year-old's
0: fringe I look like I've got a five-year-old's fringe You do look as if your dad's put a pudding bowl on your head I, I need to, to keep
2: my eyebrows up the way and then the hair <laughs> at the fringe
0: comes below
2: So Jane Moore would not be very proud of me just now <laughs> She wouldn't She wouldn't <laughs> Nor Claudia um, come, but we'll
0: come back to her Yes Oh yeah Can I ask you a question Did Stephen take you to the airport? He did He did? Oh that's nice And did you cry when take, you left him? Eh. Uh, no, why would I cry? Because <laughs> no, like, obviously I've been travelling a lot, and I saw this. I was at the airport the other day, and there was a young couple, and it really took me back. I don't <laughs> yeah, know, they were yeah. early twenties, and they were obviously bidding each other farewell, and the tears were streaming down their face. They could barely be torn away from each other, and I thought, my God, Ian doesn't even take me to the airport anymore. i get getting a taxi. Goodbye, bye. bye. <laughs> doesn't even give his pay to, to me a cup of tea. When do you stop breaking your heart at an airport? Yeah, that was probably
2: a gap year, and as you say, in their twenties. Yeah.
0: yeah, so you don't cry. when do
2: you know what? When he Steve took me to at the airport. Then he took me to Edinburgh Airport. I didn't even ask. I mean, I oh. I get a free bus for God's sakes. I did. I was quite happy <laughs> jumping on the bus. <laughs> but no, he took me through. I don't know whether it was. I just want to make sure you're going, that you're away. But um, yeah, I
0: knew. Quite the gent, quite the gent. And we have got Deborah Meaden coming on today, which I'm very excited about. Of course, entrepreneur, Dragon's Den, a podcaster, and of course, a veteran of Strictly. So I'll be really interested to see what she uh, thinks about that. Strictly.
2: Kate, I'm looking at Did you see it? Yeah, I did. Now, I didn't see it till yesterday, till last night. Right, Um, okay. You didn't
0: watch me live. Funny that's enough, not friendship, isn't it? Can't is it? get
2: Wi-Fi at the airport. I was actually at the airport on my way home, but I did text Stephen to say, "Listen, have you got the telly on?" He said, "She's actually on just now." I was like, "And?" He said, "Yeah, yeah, not bad. oh, hold on." And then he gave me your scores. I thought, oh, "That's all right. That's all right." So um, I was actually dying to see you, but when I got back, it was half two in the morning and I thought, even K, you, I can't do this. So got up the next <laughs> day and then I sort of forgot about you, but then come that night, no, I actually had watched <laughs> clips at the airport of you and I was dying to see the, the food. So I hadn't seen the previous night. No, yeah, the launch so, night, yeah. Yeah, but do you know what? I'm, I don't mind that. I'm quite glad about that. So I came into what was, but I sort of had seen little clips. So I sort of knew that you had done well, but I couldn't wait to see the whole... I didn't do that well. I was third bottom. Actually, I didn't watch Beyond You. So were you... Because th- <laughs> you were bottom by the time I stopped watching you know? But then I, I knew that actually there were still ones to come and I hadn't heard good vibes about them. So I, I'm quite confident you're going to creep up that... That leaderboard. No,
0: I, I don't think so. You were bloody um,
2: amazing, and that doesn't
0: come oh, easy from me. I, I, I can't wait to hear what Deborah thinks about it because it was, it was such a scary, scary experience. And I was trying to think, you know, in my like career professionally, when I'd been so scared. I think the one other time is when I interviewed Margaret Thatcher when I was twenty-four. I remember I wanted to be absolutely sick, but. Obviously, this is at the other end of the scale. And because it was that opening number that I was supposed to look like some bloody barroom vamp, all I could think in my head was this looks like grab a granny night. And okay. I just couldn't get it out of my head that it looked like grab a granny night. And Jane Moore, actually, your friend Jane and Nadia came to see me. and so They were so good. And they were saying, shut up. For God's sake, get hold of yourself. Shut up. Stop this. Stop this. Um, but I've had another epiphany and and well I just for the last two or three weeks that I've been involved with Strictly I just constantly make excuses for being old yeah I make digs at myself um I don't like looking at myself I couldn't bear the thought of me in that red dress trying to look like some kind of vamp and then I thought to myself I I, here's the epiphany I was, I think it was a Friday night. I was, I couldn't sleep, just couldn't sleep. And I thought to myself, what is this Mm self-loathing that I have got into? Mm -hmm. Why am I apologizing for living until this age? You know, I mean, because I realized that is what I'm doing. And I thought, I've lied about my years, all these, my age, all about these years, because I don't want to be defined by it. But actually, I am guilty of enforcing that negative connotation. Mm -hmm. Do do you know what I mean? Absolutely.
2: absolutely. And the more you go on about it, the more it's ingrained, the more it's in there. And I'm sure you have spoken to people on the radio about them being guilty of this and you're absolutely doing it to yourself. It's just awful, Kay.
0: I know. uh, I mean, like the lawn show, we all watched it together and I couldn't watch me. Christ. I I, I left. I I just left and then came back.
2: But... I know, I know. So how do you accept what My name is Kay, I'm are? the
0: victim of my own ageism. Yeah. I how know. are you going to so change I'm forcing it? myself to look at photographs of myself. Well, I decided to go on strictly and make a complete proud of myself, so hopefully that will help.
2: No, anyway. I mean that you need to think, fuck it. Do you know what? I need to get out there and there are others that I'm watching and I'm better than them and I can do it. And these weeks are going to fly by and you will think, you know, by December what the fuck was that all about? Why did I not? And you'll be berating yourself.
0: So act on it now. Yeah. Even but try some you meditation
2: or something like that. You need to do something.
0: But it's so interesting. You said you'd be I'm better than others. That is not what this is about for me. I have no interest in being better than anyone else. It is really a very selfish thing. It's about me being better at being me. Mm-hmm. That That is what I've got to try and be because, I mean, this is a crazy thing that I've got into, it really is. Um, and as you can imagine, Nadia and Jane were yes. very forcible about well, that. Well, I'm glad. Um, I'm glad that they were there anyway, by your side. Anyway, so emails. So remember we had Celia Dodds on, mm-hmm. who's written about retirement yep. and, uh, you know, facing retirement um, positively. Um, and we asked about suggestions for subjects. Well, Jen in Aberdeen has asked if we can talk about how you make new friendships in retirement. If you if your friends have been mainly, mainly from your work and then you've given up your work, yeah. how do you make new social connections, which I think is good. Um, also managing commitments to grandchildren. If your children have an expectation that wow. that's what you're going to do that's a difficult one um, that one might affect you at some point in the future if course. only if only yeah also and we're going to have Tracy Cox on um, who is a sex expert in a couple of months um, and we've got somebody who wants to talk about erectile dysfunction
2: is it a bloke which, that got in
0: touch no no it's a, it's a, it's a woman and her oh, partner right. has erectile dysfunction And she says it's actually quite common and nobody talks about that one do they they don't That's the first time I've seen you actually speechless, Karen. That's quite interesting. Right. I can't talk about that. I've
2: got no experience.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> Matron. Um, Matron, yes. Oh, right. So we, we, will, we will happily tackle all of these things and keep your suggestions coming in. It's podcast at htb60.com. Yes. Um, right, a couple of emails then before we speak to Deborah. Um, so this is from Liz, who says, thank you for starting this podcast and talking about the subject. I'm 57. Uh, like you, it frightens me. And honestly, you guys, ooh you guys have changed my view and I do look at it differently now. Um, I was listening to an episode recently that you were talking about making plans and do we still plan ahead as we get older? And I was saying, and I did say this, I used to have a five year plan when I was younger, but I don't have one now. She says, I realized since the pandemic, I haven't made any future plans before. I always had things in the diary what I wanted to do. So that evening I announced to my husband, we have to start planning the next three to five years. Um, <laughs> Obviously, he looked at me blankly. says Liz, but I was on a Kane Karen roll at that stage. <laughs> what do we want to do? Where do we want to go? And then all of a sudden, I felt energized and excited. It's the little things like this that you and Karen chat about that actually change listeners outlook. So uh, she's saying thank you. Well, thanks. Isn't that great. That.
2: I love and it Liz when you
0: influence somebody. I know. I know. So Liz is busy making plans, but we'll never be too busy to listen to HDB60. That's Yay! wonderful, isn't it? I know. Um, and then this is from Vicky who says I have recently discovered your fabulous podcast and I'm trying to catch up quickly I'm not nearly 60 just turned 53 but it's a great time to prepare um, and she said I wanted to say thank you especially for episode 5 with Siobhan and her ventures of course Siobhan who sold her flat and uh, put everything into a camper van and is merrily rolling around the United <laughs> Kingdom at the That's moment nice. having the time of her life and um, says I was inspired to take the plunge to hand in my notice for my job oh That was fine, but uninspiring and starting to be Groundhog Day. Oh, no, that was a job. Um, So she is really going for it with a new business, which I recently started. I feel excited, motivated and brave. And I honestly think I would have prevaricated for way longer without the podcast. And it's hilarious. We've not been particularly hilarious today, actually, though, have we? Well, you haven't. No, I haven't. I'm too stressed to be perfectly honest. So Vicky, can I just say I'm really sorry I've not been (laughs) hilarious today. But I will really try and be a bit more valerious <laughs> next time that we have a podcast. Um, yeah, so there you go. She's starting a business at 53. So what better time to introduce? I think we're lucky uh, that you're coherent today, Kay. Uh, Deborah an entrepreneur, podcaster, veteran of Dragon's Den, as I see, and indeed an alumni of the Strictly School of Self-Flagellation. Um, <laughs> hi there, Deborah. Did you find it as discombobulating as I do or not?
1: Um, so I absolutely loved every second of it, but I have never, so I don't think I've ever been as joyous. (laughs) I also don't think I've ever been as terrified as I was that first time I stood on the edge of the dance floor and I thought, I can't move. My legs are not going to move. Um, so I, you know, it it certainly gives you the whole range of emotions. It does. But how did you marry then fear fear? which I have now experienced, and joy. Mm. The fear oh, I don't think they're mutually You get turned exclusive. on by fear. I don't think they're mutually exclusive at all. Um, I think some of the things that I've enjoyed most, I've been terrified of doing, um, but I've really, really wanted to do them. So um, sort of switching from that, okay, now I'm now I'm scared of doing it. Actually, I'm, a, I'm that person who kind of thinks if I'm fearful of it, I kind of have to do it to get, get over it. But I don't think they're mutually exclusive. Exclusive. They're strong emotions. And it's really easy to flick from fear to joy because you, your dander's up, you know, your energy. Yeah up yeah. You know, no, i think it's easy and um, what did you find joyful about it then why did it give oh, you joy? dance dance music um the being taught by the best in the world are uh, doing it with a focus i mean i still dance paul and i still dance we still right. um we tango two to four hours a week when i can oh. um so we're still dancing so it stayed in my life but i just i have always loved music i always loved dance and to do it with an absolute focus you've got a week we haven't even got a week as you are now experiencing, Kay, because actually yeah, yeah. you're learning your next dance halfway through the previous week. So um no, so I I and I like. A challenge. I like to do something I've never ever done before, and boy, had I never danced. <laughs> and did the age thing bother you at all? I mean, I know you were younger than me when you did it, but not at all. No. Can I say I I hesitated when you when you invited me here. I I love you, big fan. So there was there was an immediate yes. And then when we talked about the age thing, when it, when I realized what the topic was, I thought, do you know, I don't really walk around thinking of, I'm any age at all. Actually, I walk around thinking. What can I do? What can't I do? Um, uh, so I kind of thought, well, what have I got to add? Because, I, you know, in fact, sometimes in fact, I don't know how old I am. I constantly have to count really? how old I am. You know, OK, well, I was born in 1959. So does that make it 62 or 63? I don't know. Um, so so I don't carry it around with me. But actually, I thought talking about that was also something in itself. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't carry age around with me at all.
0: Well, no, and it is interesting you come at it from that point of view, because Karen's got a different view to me. Um, Actually, I'm the same as you and I don't feel restricted by my age. But unfortunately, I got into the habit of lying about it rather than owning it. And, you know, so you're you're one step further down with me. You say, I don't care what my age is because I'm going to do whatever I want to do, whereas I don't care what my age is, but I'm just rather not tell anyone. Um, Karen, how do you come at it, Karen? Um, I think I'm quite proud to be the age I am.
2: I'm I'm the same as you, uh, Deborah. I was born in 59 um, December. So I'm 63 at the end of the year and I feel I'm healthy. I've got lots of energy. Uh, I make the most of the time I, I took, um, I left my job a uh, two and a half years ago and I'm making the most of what I have now just with the things that I want to do now. So I am aware that I'm 60. Two and a half or whatever, but not because I'm ill or because I've got anything wrong with me. It's because I'm so glad that I can still do all what I want to do and I'm still well and I am the age I am, if that makes any sense. So I'm really happy and proud that I'm this age. And and um I'm, I'm actually going to the doctors tomorrow for nothing that's see actually it's to do with HRT case. So maybe we'll talk about that. All right, But okay, yeah. um uh, I, I, my sister was saying to me, isn't it funny when you go to the doctors and they say, well, what medication you're on? Well, I'm not on any. And you think, God, is that unusual then for somebody that is 62 and a bit to not be on medication? Maybe, maybe not, don't know. So yeah, yeah. I, feel, I feel really happy that I'm here where I am.
1: Do you know one of my least favorite phrases and it drives me absolutely bananas is when people say women of a certain age. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm 63. I'm not, you know, don't don't back. I don't back off it. I'm, I'm exactly the same as you, Karen. I've unfortunately know of too many people who didn't make. Mm, my age yeah, I know. so I know. feel so lucky you know and I'm so you know I'm I'm healthy I'm fit I haven't yet not been able to do anything that I want to do maybe that'll change when I you know if that changes I won't be happy about it but women of a certain age how blinking patronising is that I'm 63 and what's wrong with that well the other one is that she's good for her age that's Ugh. the one that drives me bonkers <laughs> 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 it's good
0: for
2: her age I so? think I've said I that to probably about bit my granny or my mother but they've probably been Wait. their 90s but maybe they're it's, there's no age you can actually say that. I don't know, but I'm guilty well, of it. Well, it's
0: weird, isn't it? People get obsessed with Madonna, poor woman. You know, I think, oh, Madonna, because she, oh, I don't know what age she is, sixty-three, but she doesn't obviously conform to people's view of what a sixty-three-year-old is. And I keep saying, well, maybe she is what a sixty-three-year-old is. Maybe all the people who are kind of, you know, quietening down their lives and slowing up, and you know, preparing for the end, maybe they're the ones who are in the wrong lane, and Madonna's doing it the way it should be done obviously she's a very unique individual um but i I find it so amusing that madonna confuses people because of her age because she's so out there i don't know um so deborah do you plan the, the couple of emails i read out there were about well vicky's gonna start a new business which is great um um but liz was saying that she's now going to plan for the next period of her life do you plan
1: So I've never planned. And that really surprises people because when people assume when you're in business, you spend your life planning. Well, of course, I did business plans, but I never had personal plans. So because I've realized the best things that have ever happened to me in my life, I just, you know just come out of nowhere. So I'm very much a go with it. And I actually think that is a sign of an entrepreneur because we tend to be spotting opportunities. So looking for opportunities. So no, I've never planned. What we do do is I never put time scales on things because again, it it makes years become this, this really important thing where to me, we'll just say, right, this is the things we want to do and i don't have a time scale on it and you know ex- other than to say well next year why don't we go to blah 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 and why don't we do this and why won't we do, why won't we do the other but i don't plan in five or 10 or 15 year chunks but i do expect to be able to do those things on my list that i want to do um and and i think that that is part of me not carrying years around with me you know it's it's just I I can do what I want to do and I'll do them as long as I can do it and it really doesn't need a time scale around it so what's on your wish list right now Oh, um, we were talking about it last night, actually. Um, so I'm afraid I've become a bit of annoying environmental, um, nightmare. So we've stopped a lot of our long haul travel. Um, but we have, we're going to Antarctica, not this Christmas, the Christmas after. So that's our next big trip. I've reduced my travel. I won't, you know, I haven't traveled over uh, long haul for about four years now. Um, but that's our next big trip. Um, and we always have, we have big sort of Parties, parties, and events. So next year, you know, we've got several big events going on. We've got our um, thirty-year wedding anniversary, so we'll have lots of parties at home. So you know, we just sit and chat about the things that we're going to, yeah,
0: want to do. I know you're sorry, Karen, but I'm just going to mention you you said you've become very into sort of um, uh, environmental issues, and you've got the Big Green Money Show, which, of course, is your your podcast. And I I follow you on Twitter, Deborah, and I, I mentioned this before we started, but your energy for the passions that you have in your life. Um, I know that you're very uh, exercised over Brexit and you talk a lot about the climate and also um, animals. You're very uh, passionate about animal welfare, but you go into battle with people on social <laughs> media and, and I just watch in awe and I think, oh my God, Deborah, does it not drain you? I can't help
1: myself. <laughs> it's oh. not. Um, mostly, I mean, a lot of it, I don't battle with everybody, but sometimes I just see some of the tweets and I think, oh, come on. Really, I can't leave that. I have got to have a conversation about that. Um, but honestly, I just think if you care about something, it's worth fighting for or defending. And I try not to, I certainly hope I don't come across as rude. Um, but I do try to, um, counter you know, to, to put the opposite argument. But it doesn't bother me at all. I've, you know, listen, I've been in business and. Trust me, you come across a lot lot of um, adversary in business. So it doesn't, honestly, it doesn't bother me at all. Even when it gets personal, I think you don't know me. You know, that's fine. OK. So when it gets really, personal,
2: but- you can rise above it.
1: Oh, it doesn't touch me at all. So how it do you oh, do yeah. that? It really doesn't because bother me at
2: all. Somebody else here that it just affects, it gets right in there and needles her. And Ugh. I wanted to say, actually, do you know what, Kate? During Strictly,
0: just get off Twitter Oh no, I have. Don't worry. I have. Good. But so where, how do you get that Deborah? Because sometimes I can shrug it off, but sometimes it hurts.
1: Um, and so how do you manage to just let it go over your head? Um, I have always, okay. In business, I used to say to people, cause I was in the leisure industry and you can imagine you 150,000 people, some people won't be happy with what you do. And I, I've just repeated so many times in my business life. Um, if somebody has a complaint or they don't like what you're doing it's not personal it's not about you they don't know you you have no idea what's going on in their life and i think i wasn't just saying that i believe it so um, you know a lot of the a lot of the nastiness that comes through i've got a i've got a, i'm happy with the way i'm living my life so it, it isn't about that it's about them and and I, so it it kind of doesn't get in because it's not it isn't personal. They might think it's personal, but it's not. Mm.
0: I, I did read about you actually in an interview that you're not someone who needs other people's approval. That surely must have been hardwired into you at an early age. I mean, where does this chutzpah come from?
1: I don't know. I don't, I don't know how much of that is, you know, listen, I had a, um, my, my mother was, a. um, is a, I mean, she, my mother is amazing by the way. You know, um, she's, you know, full of energy and what I hope I, I hope I, you know, live the year she does and does the thing she still does <coughs> a day to six, but, um, she had a really, really tough start. And, um, but we always as ch- children always felt safe. So I think that gave us confidence and having been through some tough times, it's kind of, well, how hard does it get? You know, it's, uh, So it's an odd thing. I think it built confidence in us because we just saw my mother going out, working her socks off and building a good life for us. So it, it kind of felt like, well, you know, however bad it gets, you can always do something about it. Now that isn't always true, by the way. You know, I, I, I also understand there are people in, in situations you can't just work your way out of um, But I think my example was that So so I think that helped me um, I don't know I don't know I don't know That's just words <laughs> Well I don't know I mean I think you do I mean I don't know how much
0: time you do spend navel gazing I'm a bit of a navel gazer And I mean certainly when I look back on Well Karen and I have discussed this Because we both had different backgrounds I mean my mum and dad were sort of working class people Who kind of made good And my mum was an absolute ball breaker um, And they both worked and so I never grew up with this ideal of you know mums at home making the dinner and you know dads coming home. So it, it means nothing to me because I never had it. Whereas Karen, you had a more traditional start, didn't you? And that's probably had an impact on you. Uh,
2: yeah, my dad actually. I think he worked till his mid seventies. I think I remember him selling the business then. So uh, yeah, he worked then. And my mother was also a ball breaker actually, but she did work. Oh, was she? Yeah. Oh <clears> Christ, <throat> she was as tough. Yeah, oh, certainly on the kids, she was tough and and on my dad as well, I think. But um, yeah, it's definitely more traditional in terms of... My mum had her independence by... Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, a high, a, she had two caravans down in a local caravan site and then uh, and that was where she got her money. And then she did bed and breakfast. And while she did the bed and breakfast, we got the kids were... Turfed out to a caravan that was in the back garden. Yeah. So she had she had her independence. She had her own money um, by uh, that was her income. If you like, you know, during the summer months in our kind of uh, in Aviemore. Uh, but yeah, God, she was tough, and that was up. You know, her up and it's. Uh, but certainly the worth the work ethic um, is was kind of drummed into the four of us as well. You know, you weren't allowed mm. to sit skooking in front of the fire, as she would say. You know, because yeah, I would that matter? <laughs> that would be my option sitting with my other <laughs> until I burnt the back of it once oh my god I bought <laughs> hell and she didn't she wouldn't buy him another one I, I remember this diamond being cut out of the, lin, the, the lining in the inside and and sewn so, on the back, so I had to go around with this big oh, diamond oh, on the back of my hand. Oh, I know, and it's like that's what you get for skooking around the fire. We were told to be normal and get out and play. God, Aye, she wasn't easy.
0: Oh my God, it sounds like a misery memoir. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like Angela's ashes here. I mean, Deborah, you have such a, a sense of self sufficiency about you. Is that important to you that that
1: you can always look after yourself? Yeah, I think so. And and I think that definitely came from I, I, actually, Karen, I, I, I recognize what you were saying, because my mother was a single parent family. She had to work um, and that kind of left us to our own. De- I'm not saying I bought myself up, but, you know, we had a lot of time left to our own devices. And then when we were old enough to actually take into work with her, we used to go into work with her and we were given jobs mm-hmm. um, and there was an expectation of from. Right through my childhood, there was an expectation of success, not coming from me, coming from my parents. Expected us to do well, Um, and I think that kind of builds your confidence because um, it it, it kind of that's what was going to (laughs) happen. You you work hard, you do, and and again, that isn't always what happens. um, But I do think that helps build confidence, having an expectation of you. And and we weren't cushioned in any way. You know, we were there. We were we were at the grind. So I you know I, I definitely think that as you say, it just gave me this, this sense of, well, how, you know, if it all went wrong tomorrow, I still feel it. If it all went wrong tomorrow, I'd just do it again.
0: Yeah. It's funny because um, next week we're, we're going to be speaking to Susanna Constantine and I've just been reading her book, uh, which is called prepared for absolutely nothing. And she was brought up entirely differently. The, the only expectation upon her was that she would marry well. And, um, oh and, and, and that was uh, you know, different Different experience, a different class, you know, lots of different things. Um, we never ever discussed that in my family. My mom had no interest in who I was going to marry. She was interested in what I was going to do. And it sounds like you were similar, Deborah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I I actually I do think that's quite a gift, you know, it's because because it does um, it presents your future to you in a a way that you own your future. You know, I think it it was always I owned my own future. I wasn't looking for somebody else to provide that future for me. And I think that certainly, as you say, that builds in a resilience and an independent, fiercely independent, you know, annoyingly, even as a. 4 year old <laughs> just don't help me I can put my own coat on you know it's fiercely independent so I think uh, yeah I'm sure that that builds um resilience and independence
0: I mean you have said that you don't really have any awareness of age it's not something that it factors in but in the world that you're in are you, are you aware of being a woman and being treated as a woman
1: well, I can't say that I'm not aware of it, but I do very much approach that in the same way because I always say in business, if I consider myself a woman in business, I'm sending a clear signal out to everybody else. They need to consider the fact that I'm a woman in business, but I'm not, I'm in business. So so I, again, don't carry it around with me because I think it sends those messages out. Um, but listen, everybody, whether it's gender, race, religion, whatever it is, everybody has uh, prejudices that they have to deal with. And and I don't say that I haven't felt that, but business is a great place to be to deal with it, because generally I was the customer. And if ever I met, met somebody who I thought, whoa, I can't. I would literally think well I can't deal with you I'm going to have to you either sort that or I go and deal with somebody else so it was a good place for me to be able to live the life you know live the business life that I wanted to without having to worry about those issues yeah but I always think of the stories my mum and dad were in haulage
0: and uh, so for her to be in haulage then I don't know, when did they start up their business the 60s it was a tough old world um, and she yeah. always told me the story they'd been at some do and this guy stuck a fiver which was a lot of money at the time. Uh, down her bra, my dad was standing next oh to her, my and god. oh my god! And she ripped it out, and she—I uh, think she stuck it down his throat or whatever. And my dad, bless him, he just—he just looked on because he knew that oh. he was not going to interfere here. She would deal with it. And God, she gave this guy absolute pelters <laughs> All five foot two of her. Oh. Um, times have changed, thankfully. Jesus. I hope. I do. You shocked by that, Karen? I think that happened all the time, didn't it, Deborah? I mean, I know it's before you. Well, I,
1: yeah. Sorry, I was sitting at a dinner um, a couple of weeks ago, actually, and I was pretty horrified by um, by the number of women who were sitting around me who'd had bad experiences. Um, you know, uh, I I don't think I. I obviously know it's it's present, as I say, you know, there's lots of prejudices, Um, but I hadn't realized how many women um, actually generally had from, you know, from mild experiences which are just as bad um to you know really nasty experiences it was it was rather worrying yeah do you and remember so you... any deborah sorry have you had any bad experiences i mean did there uh, only the not not only the um only the the patronizing ones you know the um the uh, Dear sweetheart. I can remember um, I just sold a business and the new chairman came in and he and he called me sweetheart in a board meeting. <laughs> you know, and that, once. that doesn't that, <laughs> <once>. <laughs> yeah. I gave him the option. I said, if you say it again, I'm calling you out there, but you know, it's it's uh, anyway, he didn't do it again. Um but uh, only that type of thing. But you know that if you don't tackle it early on, that can become damaging um, because it slowly but surely can erode your confidence and suddenly you are the person who everybody looks to to make the cup of tea because you're the only woman in the room you know so I am really I, and I'm glad I did I think I got a reputation for don't do it because I absolutely call it out you know mm-hmm. you, you, you don't you don't do that you don't behave like that Um yeah there are some women of course who would say use your feminine wiles yeah I'm not sure I found mine <laughs> <laughs> not sure I found that. I'm not I've sure never I'm had writing. any eyes i <laughs> Who are they? (laughs) No, actually, but joking apart, I tell you what I do have and I don't like to char- characterize characteristics as genders, but I actually do think that um, that women have a good instinct. You know, they have a good judge, good nose for what's going on in a particular room. So I don't call it using a feminine wiles, but I do think that a lot of women do have good judgment because they're really tuned in to what, you know, the social, the yeah, environment yeah, that's yeah, going yeah. on and the mood. And I think that's, that can be a big, Advantage,
0: yeah. So you being you must be interesting in terms of um you know your relationship with your husband. He must be a guy who very much lets you be you.
1: Well, you see, that's language I don't like either. He right, right, let me on, be then. me. He doesn't let me be me. Oh, yeah, no permission is needed. There's no it, permission needed. You know, and yeah, he wouldn't say that. We 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 live uh, we live along we live i he's my best friend um that doesn't mean to say we get on all the time this is not perfect everybody has their arguments whatever but he is my best friend and um and we live together really really well he's a super confident guy you know he's it doesn't bother him that everybody will say to him oh you know <laughs> you know what what do you do you know it's, it's like <laughs> yeah hey, whatever we just we we just get on with it so i you know i think i found the person in life i was supposed to find um because i think a lot of, a lot of men would struggle Mm. with my prom, you know the prominence that i have Definitely. um paul's not bothered paul's not bothered at all <laughs> where did, does paul work he doesn't. No, he looks after the, um, looks after the, the vegetables. He looks after my life, actually. That's I saw, what I does saw
2: a picture <laughs> of your blinking fruit and veg. They look amazing. I know. Well, I'm so Paul. envious. Do you that's have um, greenhouse upon greenhouse and that, those acres of land you have? Or God, No, we
1: have one greenhouse. Um, what uh, size but, is uh, it?
2: Uh, <laughs> Ah, Not that I'm competitive. Darren, stop being so no, I've got, I know, I've got a greenhouse and I blinking love it. But I saw your produce on Instagram and thought, oh my God, oh my God, there's another one. There were like damsons and plums and then another one. There's all these different shapes of tomatoes. Not just two or three shapes. I think, that, I, think I counted about four different types of tomatoes. I'm very envious. Well, that's what Paul does. There you go. How blinking (laughs) lovely.
1: No, he does. Listen, I I am away an awful lot. um, And without the conversation or any conversation, um, you know, Paul has filled in. I don't mean looking after the house and how mummy does. But he basically, he's a fantastic cook. He's wonderful in the garden. So he looks after everything here. He makes my life better. That's what Paul does. (laughs) Has he ever (laughs) worked? Yes. Yes. He was... um, uh, he worked in the amusement industry Great. so he, and he he worked actually several business, uh, several businesses in the leisure industry. Um, and and he and if- Paul, in, Paul enjoys the country, he enjoys um, we've got animals, he enjoys all of that. And when it came to a moment where we could both decide what we wanted to do, that's what Paul chose to do. And I realized that I actually loved business. So I wanted to carry on doing the thing that I had been doing. Great. And does he take you to the plane or the train station? And uh, do you cry? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think he's noticed. I've gone half the time, to be perfectly honest.
0: (laughs) No, it's the answer. Long time ago, I know, I know. And I mean, Karen touched on it there, and we don't go into details. But clearly, you're financially secure. A lot of people, once they get to you know, and I've got to bring up the age, but if they want to retire, then money is a real significant factor for them can they afford to retire what kind of lifestyle do they want to have etc etc and given that you've worked very hard to make sure that you are financially secure and you don't have that decision does
1: that change what you want to do with the rest of your life oh i'm sure it does i mean listen there's there's two things i think about a big influence i don't have children so we don't have to we haven't we're not planning for their future we haven't had to put money aside for them we don't have to you know worry about about them so so i think that has a big impact on the way you live your life and think about the future um and uh, you know and as you say i you know i am I'm financially secure. There's no two ways about it. So it means that we don't sit there and think, what can we afford? We think actually, what, what are the things that we haven't done yet that we would like to do? And then we prioritize them. Um, So, you know, I, yes, I have worked hard, but a lot of people work hard and don't end up millionaires, you know, (laughs) so, so hard work is, you know, is not, is not necessarily going to get you there. So I, you know, I, I'm fortunate to be able to do that. I know that. You know what else I think? We're surrounded um, by animals. We've always had animals and I usually get old animals like, you know, they're kind of at the end of their life. X-ray sources that have been thrown acts that can't race anymore or, you know, old sheep or dogs or whatever it is. And the thing that I find really strange is that I'm immensely proud and actually anybody that talks about when they've got animals they get they're very proud at how long they get their animals to live (laughs) so it's a real you value how old your animals are Mm. and what but why well because of the same reason we should value why we get to be old because you know that they're living as full and long a life as they possibly can and happy life obviously you know for animals um but it does strike me that there's this strange thing about understanding that getting animals to a, 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 a good age is a good thing,
0: but but not it, with humans. Yeah, I mean. So, what are your thoughts on getting older?
1: Um, I don't think about it at all. I um, my, my only worry is about health and being able to do the things that I want to do. That's all I mean. I say it's a worry. It's not really a worry because I'm very lucky at the moment. It hasn't hit me. I think I would change my view. I would start thinking about it if I can't do the things that I want to do. You know, I I still ride. I still jump over the five bar. Gate, you know, I still run out with the dogs. I still, I still muck the horses out. You know, I do, I, I I dance. I do, I haven't yet come across a thing that I can't, that I love, that I can't do. Mm. And my view might change when, if, if, Mm. and if that happens, because my mother, my parents actually, they're still, my mother, our gate wouldn't open. She came, it's my father's birthday last weekend. And my mother was 86 year old. We've got this very tall gate, but it's got rungs up it. Um, the gate wouldn't open. And my mother, jumped over the gate Stop at 86 it. and over a cattle grid and uh, and and jogged down the drive to come and tell me the gate wasn't oh, opening.
0: And I hope
1: that's me. Oh, my <laughs> God. Don't we all. I mean, don't
2: we all. You just we don't goodness. want do a picture of it at the top of the gate when you're a There is together, a picture, so.
1: but I'm not showing you without her permission. Oh, wow, that's amazing.
2: Good
0: God. I, I, did, I did actually do my reading. Good researcher I am, that you had the a little up brush with, well, do other words, skin cancer, it was a pre skin cancer, wasn't it? I mean, these things are written up in the tabloids and I'm always taking them with a slight pinch of salt. Um, but you clearly had a something, Deborah. Did it give you a moment of, <gasps>
1: mm, is the bubble bursting? Um, I don't think I don't think that did. I tell you what did do. So no, it was a squamous and it was removed and that was that. And you, can get yeah, my those, partner you know, had one as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so uh, you know that 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 was that was fine. And I'm you know I, now I'm a much more aware. Take care of my skin. All those things. What did throw me for a minute is I broke my wrist um, falling off a horse or falling off. I was just getting on a horse and I fell off and I broke my wrist. And I've always mended in life really, really quickly. So um, you know, I kind of thought, well, we'll put the splint on and then it'll come off and everything <laughs> oh, sure. will be back to the way it was before. And much to my horror, um, I've lost a lot of movement, the front movement of the because I really did manage to smash my wrist up, you know, and that was the first time I thought, hmm my mm. body's not quite doing not quite working as well as it used to work so that was that was the first hint when was that because
2: yeah. it, it does the older you get the, the longer it takes to heal doesn't it as well when was that when did you hurt that rest? was 18 months ago
1: ah, it right. didn't it didn't take me any longer to heal to be honest i was on the normal healing path um but my goodness was i committed to physio because i mm. i don't want to not, i don't want to have to stop doing things um but i and i just i was sure that if i just pushed on through it would come back and it's the first time i've ever had to accept that actually um i wasn't going to get back to the way i was before yeah i
0: have to say i'm having a little bit that with the strictly experience i'm trying to learn the charleston at the moment and it is you know my brain is telling my foot to swivel and my foot is not doing what it is told and it's so infuriating and i think god if I was 20, would these messages have gone much more quickly? I mean, it's eventually going in. So, I mean, I'm pleased I've not got dementia. Um, But, you know, it's so frustrating, you know, to be Yeah, but...
1: I've met 20 year olds who can't put one foot in front of the other and they certainly can't dance. So I, I, you know, my dance teacher, she kept using that. You know, you need to be you need to be. um, She said, uh, what was she saying to me about balance? She said, so as you get older, women of a certain age, they always lose their balance first. And I said, I tell you what, Lou, can you just show me what you want me to do or tell me what you want me to do? And if I can do it, I'll do it. And if I can't do it, I won't do it. Cause I won't be able to do it, but don't put it down to age because I, there are things that I couldn't do when I was 10. Yeah. <laughs> so it's oh, not, I... it's not my age. So no, don't do you, you're, I... not, allowed to, you're not allowed to do that, Kay. I need to learn from you, Deborah Maiden. <laughs> I
0: absolutely need to learn from you because I put everything down to age and I'm no. going to stop it. I'm going to stop it. I really am. I know it's wrong, but it's hardwired. I'm going to stop it. Right. Could you have time for a quick game of bingo? Just two questions randomly. Um, Karen, can you spin whatever you're going to spin? I've got the question. If you can I have in. and it's 15. 15. 15. Oh, what is your greatest pleasure
1: in life? Oh, uh, riding! Mm-hmm. Lovely yeah. sunny evening out across the countryside. Me and a horse. It does not get better than that.
0: that yeah, joyful. I, I used to ride actually a lot as a teenager, um, but I haven't done it for absolutely years and years. But it's a, it's a wonderful feeling. There's no doubt about is. it. Um, one more, Karen. Right. Party. Hmm. Um, your best childhood memory or a nice childhood memory
1: oh um probably uh oh gosh quite quite a few so when i was quite small i'm afraid it's horses again when i was very small i used to hang around the ponies on minehead seafront and then um Uh, They used to allow us To ride them back Bared back When I must have been About seven or eight Back to the fields And uh, uh, Am I allowed to do Two ridings Or do I have to choose Something else Scrumping as well Scrumping But neck and apples Yeah 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 (laughs) There's nothing like a I A A a I can't even say stolen Uh, There's nothing like A scrumped apple
0: A scrumped apple (laughs) Do you know what I'm going to be all Old, old and crumbling. now kids don't climb trees anymore I spent half my life climbing trees when I was a kid I don't think I've ever seen a kid climbing a tree in God knows how long I get still back, climb trees just so you
1: know <laughs> oh, okay. because the best apples are always just out <laughs> of reach aren't they oh, oh my god just yeah. out of reach. you've just
2: reminded me when I was up in um, up in my like my mum and dad's house uh, what about three weeks ago you're right they've got a lovely old plum tree in the back garden and the plums the good plums were all at the top, and there was a couple of branches that were that were lying on top of the garage. So put the ladder against the garage, climbed up on that, thinking, "Christ, this this shade is <laughs> a corrugated iron." And so I was lying flat mm, on the could have been the end of the podcast. On, but you know what? Fantastic plums were <laughs> all the, the inaccessible ones. That's where they all were. Got them down, made my plum jam, plum chutney, sorted.
0: Deborah, listen, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. I'm really glad you agreed to speak to us. You've given me a much needed kick up the arse. Yes. Um, and the next time I start my miserable, oh, it's my age, then I will remember the words of Deborah Meaden. Um,
1: <laughs> but you can train yourself, literally stop yourself. You know, it's just, I, 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 I you know, when, when, Lou, when Lou talks around like, oh, <laughs> I know. Can't say well, it.
0: <laughs> you know ironically I mean I've got I've got two children a 20 year old and a 16 year old and especially with the 20 year old university has not been easy with the old COVID etc and she gets into negative kind of language and I'm saying no no you don't say that you don't say that you don't say that and you you know, say this you know so I do it with her all the time mm. I need to take some of my own medicine absolutely yep. You're you right. Do. You're so <laughs> yeah, you right. I, I promise I will be helicoptered around the ballroom this weekend, okay? Marvellous. I look
1: forward <laughs> to it. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> Thanks very much, Lovely Deborah. Lovely to meet
0: bye. you, Deborah. Thank Thanks you. Your time. Bye. Bye. Best.
2: bye.
0: As I mentioned, we have Susanna Constantine next week talking about her new autobiography, Ready for Absolutely Nothing. Hopefully I will have calmed down by then because... I am aware that I am talking at 100 miles an hour. Sorry if I've stressed you out. (sighs) And breathe. Have a great week, everyone. And remember our email address, podcast at htb60.com. We love to hear from you.